Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Nita Marquez, CEO of On The Mark, and you are watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Folks Alert Show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Nita Martez, uh, CEO of On The Mark. Uh, Nita, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today. How's your day going? Very good. Um, I almost set my house on fire cooking my lunch. <laughs> That's why I do three minute or less prep time recipes because if it takes me more than three minutes and I walk away, I don't do a very good job. <laughs> we, we, we don't need that to happen. <laughs> I can make jumpsuits. I can't cook. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, if it takes me three minutes to make it, then I could probably cook it. Like, I do pretty good eggs. I can make some mean eggs, but that's about it. <laughs> Mother of three, you had to, you know, you, you got to know your way around the kitchen. Well... I'll tell you what, my kids will tell you I was not the Donna Reed type. I definitely had them all cooking um, basic foods by the time they were nine years old. So they all pretty much knew how to prep their own stuff. Um, we weren't a sit down to dinner together type of family every night, six o'clock type of thing. We all had various schedules. All my kids are performers and they always stayed very busy. I stayed very busy. I was training people. I was an athlete. I was doing nutrition plans, choreography, stage preparation, coaching. So, um, you know, we had pretty chaotic schedules throughout their whole childhood. So it was really hard to actually have a fixed schedule where we sit down and have meals together. So we kind of just ate as we went. I did make their lunches, but there wasn't a lot of cooking involved in that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Listen, you have a very, very unique story. And I guess failure wasn't an option, right? Uh, you didn't have, no. you, you're very determined. Thank you. You know, how you came into this world, right? The odds yep. were the odds was definitely against you, but there's something about you. You're not in. I mean, I see it when I look at your gram. You're very ambitious, mm -hmm. very determined, very goal oriented. You know what the fuck you want. Yes. Um, and you come across as a no nonsense type of female. And as I start reading more about you and looking and like, okay, I get it now. I get it now. But. Take me back to your earlier years because y your mother had you very young. Yeah, and she was 16. And then her mother tragically died, right? So yeah. she was dealing with a lot. Mm -hmm. So you had so much against you. Where are you from originally? Because I'm thinking you're from Canada. Are you from Canada? No, but that's actually not a bad guess. So I actually was, I like to say I was, I was designed in Phoenix and manufactured in Detroit. Um, my mother conceived me 
with my father who was really not like a boyfriend. He was um, much older than my mother. She was a teenager. He was a, an adult. Mm -hmm. And um, when they when they created me, it was not obviously a planned situation. And he had no intentions of, of doing anything beyond what they were doing. Um, when my mother was pregnant with me, her mother was killed in a car accident in Arizona. When the state of Arizona saw that they were going to have state wards as children, you know, right. my mother and her, her minor uh, siblings, they had to be sent to Michigan. The minors did. Anyone under 18 had to be sent to Michigan where the remaining parent resided, which is my grandfather. So um, my mother actually gave birth to me in Detroit, which is, um, you know, was my grandfather's home. And that's where I was born. And that was a, kind of a, a strange beginning too, because my grandfather was extremely racist. And um, when I was born, she knew that I wasn't going to be a white baby. And so did he. So that, that was a, a weird start to, to just the beginning of everything. Uh, but, but all in good, in good things. I mean, it all turned out really well. So I feel like I, I don't look at anything as, you know, certainly there was a lot of tragedy, but I don't look at my life as like all these collections of tragic episodes. I tend to believe that um, my life was charmed. I, I do believe that when you're challenged, you are chosen. So I take all of the things that have happened in my life and um, at this juncture in my mind state, I feel like all of it was a gift. I mean, these were the things that shaped me to become who I am and ultimately shaped me to be able to do the things that I've done. Um, the things that I went through, I don't feel makes me so unique, like, oh, it was so hard. I think everybody's life is a collection of challenges that we are you're, set you're, to you're, you're, be, you're, being, you're being modest. You're, be, you're being very modest and humble. Let's not sugarcoat it. You've had some challenge and you've overcome those challenges with grace. Thank you, you. I, I am. Listen, I am. I'm. I admire you. Thank I, this you. is the first time we're talking, but from what I've read and everything that I know about you now leading up to this interview, man, you are. Women should listen to you, right? You're an example of overcoming everything and then seeing the bright lights at the end because you had all the odds against you okay the interesting story you dropped out of high school right yeah then you went back right you went back to high school counselor yeah. tells you no 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 you need to just stay out of drop stay dropped out get your ged you went back to high school did you want to go back to high school so you can experience that whole high school thing being a, a, around kids your age? What was that about? Why did you really want to go back to high school and go through that whole process and get your diploma? I think when I get something in my head, I am relentless. I, it has to be the way that it feels right in my mind. So I remember walking into this high school counselor's office. I remember what she looked like. I remember her cadence towards me when I walked into her office. You know, here I was a high school dropout and I'd set up an appointment with her. So she's kind of like already out the gates was looking at me funny. And I think um, from, from jump, I noticed her cadence, but I didn't let it, um, it didn't, it didn't 
caused me to waver my focus. So I walked in and I was looking for the answers as to how I could get back in high school. And so I was explaining to her my situation that I was on my own and I was a waitress at Denny's um, and that I wanted to come back to school so I could resume classes and right. go ahead and get my high school diploma. And she um, proceeded to tell me that, yeah, like you said, um, I should stay dropped out go ahead and get my GED so I could continue supporting myself because that was the, in her, in her expert opinion, that was the best solution for my situation. Like, um, you know, I remember just sitting there just really quietly because I tend not to, um, I do fight with people when, or I used to fight with people whenever they would tell me what I didn't want to hear. Um, but my way of fighting with people like that was to sit and smile and say okay and then go ahead and do whatever the fuck I wanted to anyway which no, exactly but what when, I, when when she told you that right when she said that to you were mm -hmm. you what was i mean i i'm trying to put myself in her position right mm -hmm. you have a kid in front of you saying that she's on her own she's supporting herself she doesn't have anyone in this world right right uh, right so if she's already working at Denny's supporting herself, wasn't you going to school and working? That wasn't an option. I'm just trying to, to wrap it around. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to wrap it around my head, her reasoning for telling you this, right? Because you right. very well could have continued working, right? Part-time or you could have made your schedule after you finished school and still mm -hmm. go to school. So yeah. why didn't she, I'm just trying to figure out why she didn't suggest that as well or give you that option. You know, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I, I, I tend to not try to assume what stupid people are thinking when they say stupid shit. So um, mm. I didn't try to put myself in her position at all. I thought it was a preposterous response to my inquiry and I was so sincere and I was, as you said, I was a kid, I was so young and I knew in my heart what the outcome needed to look like, and it didn't need to look like the GED. I went to her to ask her how it could look like a high school diploma. That was the ending that I foresaw for myself. So with you you my saw education. you saw yourself walking on that stage, getting your diploma. That's what it, that's what in Absolutely. your head. So that was stuck in my head. Once I get something in my head, I don't let go until I get that thing. Okay, now take me to your to your mindset. Okay, I, I know you. that's what you see in your head. But also mm -hmm. what you've experienced with your mom, her losing her mother. Did mm -hmm. you have it in your mind that I'm going to, like education, did you see education as a way out of your situation? Like this is, oh, yeah, I want to walk across that stage, but did you embrace, it seemed to me that you embrace education as this is it my is. key to get out. Partly, I think it was partly that. Um, also, my mother was a teen mom and a high school dropout. And um, when you're a kid from those conditions, there's there's two choices. You can either repeat the cycle and be a statistic, Got you. or you can create a new outcome and be the exception. And I'm not, I, I just didn't believe in my heart at any point in my life that I was 
death end up just a statistic. That's some people's purpose, and that will be their only purpose in this world. I'm not trying to sound condescending or shitty when I say that, but for some people, that is the end that they came here to meet. It was not my end, and I knew that. Um, so I was, you know, definitely. I think uh, determines in the way that I had something to prove. I had to prove that I was not that statistic. I had to prove that I was not that stupid kid that you know um, everybody like sort of estimated me as being. I think that there were a lot of administrators even before I dropped out of school that. Right. Um, there were a lot of administrators that saw, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of administrators that saw a lot of, a lot of light in me and they tried to nurture that. Um, but I was such hell on wheels because I was such a rebel with, you know, with all the abuse at home. And then when I wasn't being supervised, you know, I was popping off at the mouth at teachers and administrators. So I, I know there were times that I was definitely beyond a handful, uh -huh. um, where I could understand why people would think, okay, she's like a pain in the ass. We don't really want to help her. But I think what it came down to um, was like the times when people did not see any hope in me, um, the way that they would sort of like, oh, well, her mom's a fuck up, so she's probably going to be too. Like, um, I remember turning in my school books to go, because back then, if you turned in your school books, you could um, get your test exams and go transfer to a new school. Right. So I remember when I went to go return my school books, this lady in the office went to give me my report card and my, my tests um, to transfer schools. And, you know, here I was, I think I was uh, 13 at that time. Yeah, I was 13 at that time. It was when my mom got strung out that year. Um, she said, um, she hands me my report card, which was straight A's. And she said, wow. She said, I, I was not aware that you had such good grades. And I remember looking at her like, you know, and there's mixed views on this because I've had people say, oh, well, she just meant she was surprised like it was a good thing. But the way she said it to me, I I took it like, oh, well, wow, I thought you were an idiot and you're such a messed up kid. I had no idea that you could get good grades. And I think those types of people in my life ended up being um, the people that I always had something to to now like i don't even right, know when people right it always had it yeah but. you want to prove something you for you yeah. watching your mom go through what she's going through and also juggling against juggling school um mm -hmm. at 13 14 uh mm -hmm. you kind of you really excelled in school i did to, to the point to where you got a full academic scholarship to arizona so tell yeah. me about you okay you're not the one expected to to excel, but you did. Right. You get the scholarship. You're in yeah. college now. Yeah. At, at at what point did sports, you took an interest in sports? I was in this psychology program where I was one of their, their subjects. They were studying me. And so I was inquiring about the psychology perspective of what they were studying about me. And I was interested in brainwave therapy or brainwaves, my brainwaves and what were my brainwaves doing and what, how did that affect my body and the way that I lived my life and how did what I did to my body affect my brain? And then, you know, so I, I realized at that time, like I think I was 19 years old when I was in that program, I realized at that time that there's a domino effect to this. So if you're exercising, you're eating a certain way, it's affecting your ability to think in a certain way and if you're being affected in how True. you think then you're doing things and you're performing in a, a different way which gives you more energy 
to then exercise and continue to propel that process. Did, and, did that did that trigger you getting into sports? Because yeah, at some yeah, at, because at some point yeah. it it that turned into that that trigger turned into you turning into an athlete. And yeah, for sure. Um, I met my ex husband. Um, I think I was twenty. I was 21 years old. I just turned 21. I met my ex-husband and I remember, I remember he would always carry these muscle magazines and there was this model. So he on, was, so he was the athlete. Well, he wasn't, but he always carried these muscle magazines. Okay. And so okay. he kind of turned me on to that world. And I was like, okay. I remember thinking when I saw the magazines, they reminded me of Corey Everson. You remember Corey Everson used to do that ESPN show where she worked out like 630 in the morning. Right. And I remembered seeing her and thinking, wow, she's beautiful. I want to look like that one day. And she was like in her 40s, I think, back then. So here I was a kid looking at this, you know, 30 something, 40 year old woman who was just like, you know, a goddess. But she had all this muscle. But I just thought it was so beautiful. So when I saw these muscle mags that my husband was carrying, you know, at that time he was my boyfriend, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And he was like, well, you look like that. And I was like, no, I don't. I was like, there's no way. Because um, I just like had this little soggy kind of body. But like, um, he just thought that I had this great athletic body. And I didn't think I did at all. But I did end up getting a trainer. And um, yeah, and then, you know, we we're off to the races. <laughs> Once I got into the fitness industry, yeah, those pictures right there, that was, um, that was, once I did one show, I was hooked and I knew that's, this is where I belong. And, and I was determined for the next almost 20 years of my life, I was in that industry. So you competed for, for 20 years, Nearly, getting, into, yeah. getting into fitness. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different world. It is. That it's is kind a, of like Hollywood. It's kind of like Hollywood. Yeah, but training to be a fitness model is is very demanding because you gotta it watch is. you gotta watch what you eat, you gotta watch your your weight. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you, it's not like you work in seasons like a traditional sport. You're working all right. year round. It's true. I okay. I think I spent thirteen holidays dieting through the holidays. Thirteen. Yeah, 13, maybe it was 15. I don't know. I counted it up once, the number of holiday seasons that I couldn't eat with everybody else. Looking at these pictures of yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you feel when you're standing on this stage, looking the way you look, all cut up, lean? What, what, what's going through your mind? Um, when I look at it and I look, I don't know. It just, it takes me back to that era of my life. And I think that it was, um, a hopeful time in my life. because it was the first time that I felt like it, I was capable of being something. I think, you know, the fitness industry and all the flaws that it, that exist within it, which there are flaws in every industry, but, um, with all the, the flaws and the, the things that you hear about the fitness industry that are not good, there are so many wonderful opportunities. And I felt that that stage, the fitness stage, it gave me a platform to develop something that I wasn't maybe going to be capable of accessing through any other venue. And, um, you know, I wanted that for myself. I want, I always wanted more. I always wanted to connect with, you know, masses of people, not because it was like, oh, look at me. But it was like, I literally, when I went on those stages, when I was smiling up there, 
I was smiling at the audience. I mean, whatever the judges thought was whatever they thought. Like, I mean, of course you want to win, but I just wanted to, I like loved the connection. I felt the energy of the audience. I loved that. So for me, I think it was something of a spiritual experience going through that career because um, it was giving my soul space to breathe in mm -hmm. a new way that I never had been able to before. When you were doing the fitness, it was, your husband was, he went along, well, your boyfriend mm -hmm. then became your husband. You guys went, this was a journey you guys were on. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he didn't compete, but he was, you know, he supported my, um, my journey like ridiculously well, I have to okay. say, I mean, we. We don't have any contact now. We haven't for right, years. Right, but what I want to what I want to get at is that right. he was with you on that journey. You becoming a fitness model. He his he magazine is what opened up the, the the possibilities for you. You yeah. guys get married, then mm -hmm. you you guys have kids. When you had mm -hmm. kids, you stopped competing, right? No, I I competed um, the second the, the second baby. Um, we'd gotten pregnant. <laughs> right after the state championships uh -huh. and um it turned out like when i went to the next um to the national qualifier which was about two months later it turned out i was pregnant at that show so i got pregnant right after my first state championship win for arizona because i had two state championship wins um and my first arizona state win um i went to this competition in um, california called the usa's it was a national event and um it turned out i was pregnant at that event we wow. found out uh, a couple weeks later so yeah i was six weeks pregnant at my at my first national event and i placed top five i want to play a clip from you um old clip i don't want to embarrass you but it's from your okay. old days on stage uh -huh. doing your two steps let me let's play this clip we'll come back and we'll talk okay i try Pretty flexible. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you yeah. look do you look back at some of those videos and 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 at awe like wow? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I loved my time um, in performing. I love performing. Like I said, I love connecting with audiences. When you're a performer, there's something very powerful about the bond that you build with an audience when you're you know, on a stage and, and getting to share your energy like right. that with them and having them vibe with you. It's like, they're it, like the greatest high on earth. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved doing it. I loved the, the experience of, of, like I said, just performing in that, that connection that you get to experience was just, it's awesome. I, you, I loved it. Okay. Performing is one thing. Right. You, mm -hmm. It's a different type of energy. You being on that stage, mm -hmm. you've managed to transition. 
from performer to entrepreneur. Uh, was that a difficult transition for you? I think so. Because it's a different, um, it's a different, now you're moving into a whole different space. Yeah, it's, you're definitely learning from the ground up. Um, my husband was a salesman turned entrepreneur and, um, wait a minute, know, after hold on, our, wait, wait, wait. So, so wait, wait a minute. You guys went from, he introduced you to the fitness, mm -hmm. went on that journey with you. So mm -hmm. he also came along with the, with the business, bringing his sales expertise into this business. Yeah. He always told me when he met me, he used, he used to always say, you're a natural, you're a natural born closer. You're a natural salesperson. I used to say, uh, I'm not into sales. I don't like that. But right. I, I mean, I did, I did phone sales for a long time and I was really good at it, but I didn't like it. I never liked it. So I was like, Oh, I don't want to be a salesperson because it had like this slimy, um, I had a slimy association with it. Like, you know, you think of like the car salesman, like slimy, say whatever you have to say to close the deal. And I just didn't like the idea of being associated with that kind of image. Right. Um, so when he would say I was a natural born closer, I was natural at sales. I just, I never liked that, but I, I knew that I did have a talent for it. I just didn't want that, that dirty, slimy outcome. So when he got when he, you know, started building the businesses, you know, we had seven failed businesses before the eighth one finally worked. Um, and then we we're, you know, clearing six figures a month within like six months. I mean, it was like, you know, we went from rags to riches on the eighth company and then my marriage was falling apart. So why, um, why is that? Why? Uh, I mean, because now you have the success, right? You go mm -hmm, through this journey, yeah. you're, you're performing and you're, you're yeah. You're juggling not only being a a professional athlete, but also you're juggling being a full time parent. Yes. Now, yeah. seven businesses fail, right? The eight one works. Eight's a good number, by the way. Very good yeah. number. What's your sign? Yeah. Gemini. Gemini. Okay. Good number for yeah. a Scorpio. The, the twin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, the eight business work. Mm -hmm. Why? It it seems like it'd be a great. It it's a great thing for the marriage, right? Everything's working now. The, the stars are aligning. W what separates you? Because you guys went on this very special journey. We did. Right? Yeah. And I, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at you. You know, that's probably one of the most disappointing things for you. A fair marriage. You, you wanted everything. Everything else you, you succeed at. You've coming into this world. You came into challenge. You overcome that. Being denied to go back to school, you went that, accomplished that, went on to college, performed, successful, becoming a parent. But the one thing you wanted to work. So tell me what 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 do you think went wrong with that, the relationship and the marriage? There is no doubt that I wanted my happily ever after. Um, I don't think anybody gets married, you know, with the intention of it failing ever. Nobody does. Um, I think what went awry, uh, and a really great friend of ours, um, who knew both of us from the time that we were very young, I met with him for lunch one day, bawling my eyes out, telling him what's going on. And he's like, um, you know, Nita, he goes, you keep talking about how the money changed him because I'm sitting there sobbing at lunch and I'm crying my eyes out and he's cheating and he's at the strip clubs and la la la. 
And he said, he goes, baby girl, he was like, let me tell you something. Because I was like 29 at the time. He said, money does not change a man. It reveals him. And I never forgot that. He said, whatever was in your husband's heart when he didn't have money was just hiding because he didn't have the license to show it. He said, but what's in his heart is what's showing right now because he has the license. He said, it's very simple. He said, so you just married somebody that you thought he was. He goes, that's not who he was. And um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of merit to that. And coming from somebody who was also a self-made multimillionaire, this friend of ours, um, you know, and he knew Martin, he knew my ex-husband and uh, yeah, that, that, that was his, his standing on it. And it gave me a lot of clarity. Um, but I did still it, did it change, did it change you as well? It had to have changed you. The money. You well, not, not only the money, the money changed the lifestyle, right? The, the money, money ch changed the, the, the lifestyle, but you have to be honest that it changed, it changed all of us because we're not the same person that we are when we had $5. Now we have 10 things change. Not to say right. it's going to make you a, a worse or a bad person, but we change right. somewhat. So, I mean, obviously, maybe he's changed a little bit. I don't know why he would leave you. I mean, he's tripping. <laughs> he's fucking tripping right now, you know. But listen, here's the here's the upside to that, right? Right. You guys have three beautiful kids, right? We did. And mm -hmm. he was there for your part of your life when you needed guidance and journey to get to where you're at right now. So granted the marriage yeah. don't work out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And listen, a lot of my relationship didn't work out either, but I got to appreciate the, the time and the journey and the information that I got within that time period. I definitely do. So no I can say, it. I can say you became a better woman because of the experience, because of that situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I see that you're a better woman. Yeah. You know, I, I think that because I had grown up with so much abuse, um, you know, I had, I had not ever really understood what it felt like to be so loved. Mm -hmm. And if I could say that there was anything that he gave me that was highly valuable besides our three children, um, I did not know what love felt like in the way that he had given it to me ever. And it was very hard for me to receive and um, he fought to continue to love me so unconditionally. I think that he taught me unconditional love. So in spite of himself and what was ever in his heart or not, or whatever the case was and what he ultimately became, um, I, I really count my stars that he was able to, to have the patience to allow me to eventually open up. It took me so long. Um, I was not one that wanted to settle down. I was not one that, I mean, I only got married to him because he had already asked me to marry him twice. And I said, no. But when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, let's get married now. You know, so then I was like, I was into it. Um, but more because it felt like that was the right thing to do. It wasn't because I felt like, oh, like this is, I love this man and I want to be with him forever. I mean, I felt like I loved him, but I, I didn't want to be married, to be honest. And so um, the idea that he just kept hanging in there with me um, and that he did, you know, marry me, even in spite of thinking I was doing it for the wrong reasons, he did it anyway. 
Um, I, I think there's, you know, there's a lot that I can never take away from him and I would right. never let anybody else disrespect him and take that away from him because as, as shitty as he turned out to be, I mean, like with the situation, he was a, he has been a deadbeat dad for many, many years. Um, you know, it's been very hard on my children, but you know, what I try to explain to them and what I think of myself is there's so much love in this man and and yet he can't give that to himself and that's why he's such a mess so if he's not showing us love that's um that's a lot to to say about it says a lot about how he's feeling about himself and in that sense i'm not saying we should excuse what people do and never right. impose consequences right. um but i do think that it does tend to lift a lot of the burden off of your heart when you don't deem humanize people and you just realize this is somebody who perceives themselves as as broken and they can't see the value in themselves so i mean i don't i don't hate him i feel you know compassion for him i don't like a lot of the shit that he's done obviously because it affects my kids and my money um but i you know i don't i just don't have that kind of heart i don't think i don't i don't have it in me to to hate him or demonize him he brought a lot of good into my life and i did get a lot of lessons out of that situation and i couldn't have experienced those lessons with anybody else besides him wonderful wonderful you're doing a good job you know thanks i mean you got you got three kids it seems like you guys go on a lot of vacation well uh, we did for a long time they're older now they're not at home anymore so but we're getting ready to go on vacation to detroit for uh christmas we're going back to see my family out there for the holidays wonderful Tell me about, you've been, there's something about you, you've, for a long time, you've always been, I don't know where it comes from, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit for me. You're into motivating women, always been speaking to empowering women. Where does that come from to where you always want to see women do good? Um, young girls follow their dream. And you've been doing this. Uh, listen, I found a video of you 13 years ago. So this is not something that you've been doing. This is something that you've been doing a long time. Where, where does that come from? Uh, I, I mean, I work with men, too. A lot of my clients, as a, as a personal development coach, I work with men and women. In fact, I think I have more male clients right now than I do females. But um, I, I have always had uh, some kind of a feeling toward young girls and, and single mothers, especially as I became an adult and became a single mother myself. I think mostly because as a child, I didn't have that. There were no resources for, for people like me. The only thing that, it ex that existed for me were the people that were willing to reach out. You know, like I said, I was in a, a psychology study when I was in college at U of A. And these psychologists just really encouraged me, this team of professionals who were studying through the university. Um, they were studying, you know, students with, um, you know, with trauma that, that had gone through lots of abuse and um, studying just the reactions that we have to normal everyday life episodes and coping mechanisms. Right. And they were very encouraging with me. They gave me a lot of resources um, within their circle uh, but if I hadn't have been a subject of that study, I don't know that I would have had that opportunity. So I, I think like the people that reached out to me, those were 
valuable resources, but it wasn't like I could go somewhere and this thing existed that was for young girls that were feeling like I did, right. um, that were right. experiencing what I experienced. Um, you know, I was raped twice during the years that I was on my own as a teenager and uh, had gone through six years of, of sexual abuse with my stepfather. Uh, and um, I, I don't know that at that time there was anything that, you know, there was no outreach for people in my situation. It was just kind of like you just, you sat by yourself and dealt with it. That's what I did. I dealt with it. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. I guess because of what I went through, and because I did overcome a lot of those things and, and managed to power through and, and build a life that I felt was valuable and, and instrumental in some fashion to supporting people, I wanted to use my energy to also support people that were specifically like me who could identify with my story and see some sense of possibility for themselves, not because I'm like, I think, oh, I'm this like big inspiration. It's just like, you know, I think that your overcoming is your decree by the universe to support other people to wow. also overcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know? you, um, successful athlete turned entrepreneur, successful mm -hmm. at that. I want to play a video at you doing a testimony. We'll come back and we'll talk about this video. Okay. Uh, when you started on the mark, which you're sitting, which you're um, sitting behind right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. play. Let's play this video and we'll come back and we'll talk. Okay. I have been in business for six years. I started my research and development in 2015 for on the mark. I wanted to create something that helped women feel beautiful and powerful, but I wanted to simplify our lives too. So I created this wonderful piece, which you see here, the on the mark jumpsuit, which what's the nightmare when you wear one piece ladies, right? Oh, I'm wearing a couple stickers. I know there's more of you that understand this. Okay. So when you have to go to the bathroom, I patented what's called a drop cut. It is literally cut to be dropped. So you don't have to derobe every single time mother nature calls. So I know I have a great concept. Women love my product, but. I am a single mother of three, and as a retired athlete with no support from my co-parents, I had poor credit and I was undercapitalized. When I started my business, I had my will and I had a dream. And I have used that tenacity and that will to move forward, and the Valley Economic Alliance stepped in and truly supported me. And I have to, I don't know if she's here tonight or not, but That's, that's very impressive. Thank you. You, uh, you've, I guess on the mark is you've combined every single thing, the good, the bad, the, the wonderful experience, the, your time as an athlete, and you all brought it together in order to create on the mark. Yeah, um, it's it's my clothing line, but I, I also have on the mark unedited my coaching program, and that's um, the that's the champion system, my my signature system that I work with my clients in. Um, that's where that all took my motivational or you know personal development things. I, I wanted to marry you know my expertise in mm -hmm. the nutrition and fitness. Um, 
industries. I wanted to marry that expertise to my ability to coach people like sort of as a life coach, because everybody always told me, all my clients always said, you're like a life coach, you're like a life coach. So, you know, I, the champion system was what I used to marry all those skill sets together that I had so many years of experience and success with other people in. And I thought, you know, it's, it doesn't, it, it's not all separate as you do anything, you do everything. And I do believe that if you apply yourself and you believe in yourself and you love yourself in one area, if you truly authentically love yourself, if you know how to stand in your power in one area, you can do it in all those others. Definitely. And I think, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel there's this misnomer that, oh, you're just good at that. We, if you're, if you could be good at that, you could be good at anything. It's, it's a matter of, do you love yourself when you're doing that? And if you love yourself, then that's the muscle I'm wanting to help people work in every one of the areas that can also support them, you know, living longer, happier, higher quality lives and really thriving and enjoying every breath they take versus just, you know, getting through them. You, uh, your kids are out of the house. Your son is off the, yeah. is on his way to college, right? Yeah. Your two daughters are college yeah. graduate. Uh, yeah. You've been unarguably a, a successful mom. You've done a great job with your kids. Okay? Thank you. You're doing a great job with your business. What are you going to do next, right? I mean, are you going to get married again? Are you going to settle down? No. I mean, um, what, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't be, you can't, I mean, you're, you're a great life coach. What's the life coach for you? I think, um, right now I'm just really for the first time in my life since before I, no, 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 no. Stop giving me the PR answer. Right. I'd be seeing you on your Instagram page, dancing those ballroom dancing. Right. I I see you. Salsa. 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 I see you. Yeah, I, I doubt that I would get married to anybody again because I, I don't know that anybody could handle my free spirit. I really like a lot of space. I like a lot of personal time. Um, I personally like, I mean, a lot of people know this about me that are that are friends of mine. I don't have a lot of friends' friends, but the couple people that I'm very, very close with, they know that, yeah, nobody's going to get that girl to ever settle down again. So, like, if I actually got into a relationship of any type, it would be strictly under the guises of me being able to maintain a large measure of freedom, you know, to travel when I feel like it, I don't want to have, to, and I, in, in a relationship, it's inevitable. You have to ask and consider your partner when you're doing things. Mm. I don't want to do that. I, I like considering what I want to do and consulting with me. And the only, the only <laughs> counterparts by herself. So I talk to her and if we got an agreement, then it's on. Right. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good with like even open, like I've literally, I've told people like before, like when I've like kind of, kind of liked somebody like, Hey, listen, like I'm not wanting to settle down, but if you want to like keep doing this, like I'm cool, but like you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And like when we hang out, then it'll be fun. You know, it's like, I, I just, the idea of, of, you know, making my rhythm form with another person's, um, beat doesn't it doesn't feel like it's no i disagree i disagree with you right because you'll be doing the salsa your beat is on point with the other partner (laughs) your beats on the dance floor yes yes your beats on point you you know i I see you be spinning the move like i'm not doing that i can't do that it's like (laughs) you know 
But it's wow. fun. I mean, it's, it's fun though. I, I like. Listen, I like your Instagram page. I like it because I, I go there and I sometimes I get some jewels from you. You know, you be Thank dropping you. some jewels on motivational stuff, um, and then you go right from that into dancing. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be dancing in the gym too when there's nobody there. So like, I don't always need a partner. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I just um, I I think that my first love was dance. Mm -hmm. My second love was writing, and um, my third love was fitness. And then you know, building my family and and building a career and a life. Those are all things that that I mean. I love my children obviously above everything, but they came after me learning to be in love with these other things that have always been there before my kids were. So I, I think that I, I could spend the rest of my life just being in love with the process of going to new countries and new dance floors and right. learning new styles of dance with new people and um, learning how to um, be in new environments and write, you know, to the to the new vibes that I'm, you know, surrounded by. I mean, I love writing like there's no Aside from, you know, dancing, like writing, like that pen to paper experience is like very, um, that's when I feel most alive. I mean, what do you, I really what do you write? I wrote a lot of poetry. I've written about, um, I don't know, I'm sure if you've gone through my Instagram, you might have seen some of the poems because I used to post them with my editorial shots. I had mm -hmm. like a pattern that I would do, you know, an editorial shot and it would always have a poem uh, inside of it when Instagram was, you know, having you do photos. Now you can't do photos, you have to do videos. But um, I, I've penned about 12, almost 1200 pieces now. And they're, they're, they're not, it's me writing, but like I, I, I literally feel myself like something's pouring into me and I'm just writing gotcha. according to it. Gotcha. Like when I, when I stop writing and I, and I know the poem is done, it's because something up here is like, okay, yeah, that's where I wanted to get. It's like when, when you have sex, like you have an orgasm and you're like, ah, it's complete. Like, that's how I feel at the end of a poem. It's like, ah, that's yes. Now I know it's done. Wonderful. Wonderful. What's next for you with on the mark? I mean, I know you're doing the fitness that's a separate entity and then you got the clothing line. Uh, mm -hmm. you plan to expand. Um, well, with the clothing line right now, the centerpiece of the line is the jumpsuits. I mean, I'm wearing one right now. Um, but I, I really, uh, a lot of people are like, well, are you going to come out with this kind of design? Are you going to have sleeves? Are you going to have two pieces? Are you going to have things that you could put over it? And all those things are in the plan. But I think right now, the most important thing with on the mark with the jumpsuits is getting the brand exposure and, um, you know, letting more and more women participate in the community and the culture of the brand. Cause what I'm noticing is the women that are wearing them. There are these, like every woman that I've like crossed paths with, even right. if it's just digitally, like they're all like gritty and like serious about living. And they, you know, what I've learned is that, um, you know, the clients that, that buy my clothes, they're women who are sort of minimalists like me, they, but so they can maximize their lives. They're not looking to, you know, spend four hours in the mirror and, you know, get their lashes done and, you know, get their, you know, their monthly Botox or whatever, you know, people do that are like that into that. Like the women that buy my stuff are, are they're serious about living and maximizing their life. So they just need something that they look cute. They feel, they feel cute, sexy, hot, but they also feel like it's practical and they can just wear it in a million different ways to every place so that 
I don't have to carry like gym bags and do, you know, 30 tons of laundry. So that's, I think what, what I'm looking more to do is just continue building the momentum of that, that culture and letting more pr people participate in it. That's what's really next is just, it's, it's, for me, it's about the, the client's experience. And so that's all I want to keep building on is the momentum of their experience. Do you, do you do, so you do your own design or do you have a set of designers that work with you? No, I do all, I do all the designing. I have a pattern maker that I work with um, and he's been with the company for about a year now. We are setting out um, some new designs that will be coming in, you know, the next couple of years. I have six designs set to roll out in the next couple of years, but there is something I'm looking for, kind of like when I write a poem, there's like an end that like, I feel like, oh, now it's, it's done. Like when you follow your intuition, mm -hmm. it tells you when it's time. And right now, um, the, the time is centered on, and the energy of the company is centered on, like I said, just the branding awareness and building the momentum of the culture for the experience of the clientele. Like it's all about these women that are wearing them and making their lives easier. And how can I make it more practical for them? And how can I make them feel more liberated and powerful? That's like, what's really important to me. And then when it's time, I'll roll out those other designs, but I do have a pattern maker that I'm working with, but I design everything and he just does the technical side of it. Cause I don't know how to make a pattern. He does. Gotcha. I want to show you something. Um, yeah. I didn't show you this prior to us recording you know doing the pre-interview but i want to show you something um i'm sure you're you're very proud right mm. I, I i'm pretty sure here here's a hold on a second where's it at hold on i want to show you something uh, i'm curious now oh, don't worry i i got you This here This here is of your daughter performing. Um, um it's only fitting that we play it. You know, I mean she's got tons of videos on, on YouTube, but I want to play this one and get your reaction. I don't know just how it happened. I let down my heart. Can I do? I'm addicted to you. 
she's got a she got a pretty strong voice. Well, that's uh, that's my older daughter. My younger daughter is actually um, more into her music now. That is Bricia. That's my firstborn, and she's actually more in her acting now. She interns for an acting agency, and then she goes out on auditions on a regular basis. And I don't know what she books and doesn't because I they have their own lives now. I mean, so I I can't keep up with them. But um, both my girls are in entertainment, but Acacia is more focused on um, the music. So. It's interesting that you picked Bricia's video because Acacia's the one that's really like super into her music. She interns、mm. at a music studio called Blackstar. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Seeing your your kids taking up, you know, they kind of follow into your footsteps. You did fitness, but they lean towards the entertainment. You've got to be proud to see them taking up some type of art, performing arts. I I. I would say, yeah. I think there was a time where I was proud. Now I just am like, I'm at this very bittersweet point that every parent understands, where I'm learning to let go and just, you know, it's it was not my life; it was theirs. I did my best to help them, you know, build and lay a foundation,、mm-hmm. um, so they could have the life that they want. But now it's really in their hands, and so I'm as as.、Um, As ambitious, I guess, is the best word. As you had said earlier, as I am and determined as I am, I think I was,、um, you know, I wanted to just always be able to guide every step and make sure that they were guarded. And now I'm at a point where I have to. That muscle has to relax and fall back because the muscle of letting go has to、uh, take the lead in my motherhood and just allow. Them to turn this into what they will, and that includes, you know, bumping and bruising themselves, and that is very hard for me,、uh, especially with my upbringing, because I, you know, you just when you have kids, you just want to, you want to protect them from everything, but that's the part of life that, like we said earlier in the in the you know podcast, it's it's the part that that gives us our grit is all those bumps and bruises. And even if they're at our own hands, you know, we we benefit from those things. We gain lessons. We gain strengths. We get clarity. And、um, I believe that、uh, contrast nurtures growth. And so I am having to learn to let go and let them have whatever lessons and contrast that they will, and、um, you know, build w- their lives the way they want. So yeah, I wouldn't say that they followed in my footsteps. Um, but I would say that they are definitely carving out their own journeys. And if I taught them one thing that they're doing really quite well, I must say, is I taught them by example. You live life on your terms. This life that you have is not about anybody else but you. So it is up to you to take the steps and learn the lessons and build what you want. And even if you're building what you don't want, to learn from that and then build what you do want after, you know. So it's like they're definitely doing it in their own, you know, their own way. Dig that, dig that. Well said,、yeah. well said. Nina, CEO of On the Mark, it was a pleasure having you here today.、Thank、I would、you. love for、Thank、you to come back. As I always say,、uh, whenever you want to come back, you're more than welcome to come back.、Um, but it was、Thank、a very、you. pleasant conversation. I really enjoy talking to you. 
Thank you. You as well. I appreciate everything. Um, I appreciated you bringing up some of the points you did. I wasn't expecting that. So thank hey, you. Hey, man, listen, I, I do my homework, okay? <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> listen, I couldn't sit here and wing an interview, right? Right, right. I can't, no, I can't wing it. I can't wing it. Uh, but it was it was pleasant. Um, you're it very candid, very open. I appreciate you coming on and, and having a conversation with me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Kiko. Everybody have a phenomenal day. And um, like I always say, remember to be phenomenal because you are worth the work. Wonderful. You take care. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye.